Welcome to the Freedom Slay Podcast, where entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and other passionate peeps come to fast track their success. If you're trying to make boss moves, hit that subscribe button because you don't want to miss out on any of the goods. Because every week you're going to hear the behind the scenes real tea from people making ginormous leaps to grow their business. And as a result, you're going to get the tools that you need to slay your own business goals. If you want to create a life of time and financial freedom, all while doing the things that you absolutely love, you're in the right place. Because we chat making impact and bank ground here. My name is Gainette Jones, your host and freedom slayer in charge here. Let's begin. Welcome or welcome back to the Freedom Slave podcast. Today we are speaking with hair care legend Talia Wajid. And for over 25 years, she's been leading the natural hair care market. And she's a specialist, a licensed master cosmetologist, and the manufacturer of the first complete line of beauty products for natural chemical-free hair. She's also founded and hosts the World Natural Hair Show, which is the first and largest and the most influential lifestyle event for natural and multicultural hair, beauty, and wellness. So in this episode, we dive into what it was like spearheading an industry that didn't yet exist and how she went from the small little corner of a salon to selling products out of her garage to being on the shelves of Walmart, Target, Sally Beauty, and hosting a ginormous event that has tens of thousands of people each and every year. So let's dive right in. Hello, hello, Talia. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good. I'm excited to chat with you today. So many things you've been doing and you are doing, and I just really want to just dive into it all. And I've shared a bit in the intro about like who you are and what it is that you're currently doing, but can you give us a bit of backstory how you got to where you are today? Oh, so I guess that will start with my love for natural hair because (laughs) that's how I got here. My mother not allowing me to get a relaxer and me being forced to learn how to do my own hair. And yeah, that's really where it started. Mm, Interesting. And I mean, that's the opposite experience with my mom. Like my mom was the opposite. We're just like, listen, I can't deal with your hair. We're throwing a relaxer (laughs) in it. So I really wish I knew how to deal with natural hair at the beginning of my life. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. And how was that then? Like, how did that transpire from you saying, okay, well, I can't relax it. I have to learn to manage it. Like, how did that turn into the business you have today? It was a long journey, very long journey. But as I was going through the journey, there were a lot of lessons that I learned and earned, you know, gained a lot of knowledge about natural hair, about business, about just myself as well. And one thing that I learned is that, you know, you, you just have to be open-minded about things. So when my mother said no, of course, I was devastated because I wanted a relaxer because everyone else had one. And so I was just forced to learn how to do my own hair. And out of doing that, I really got to know my hair, how it acts in different environments, different types of weather. And I just formed a real strong love for my hair. So with that, once I found out that this hair is not bad, like everyone else, everyone has told me and everyone else that it was, I wanted everybody to know. And so I just started on the quest to tell, you know, like, hey, can I do your hair? So I will start doing my friend's hair, their friend's hair. And then I started getting paid for doing hair. And that's when the business part started. And so with that, you know, like myself, I'm I'm the type of person, I'll set a goal 
And then once I reach that goal, my question is, you know, what do I do next? So I was at one of those, what do I do next stages? So I started earning money doing here. So what do I do next? How do I make this a thing, a business? And so I decided to find a salon to work in. Worked in the salon, learned a lot from that and got to the point of, I reached my goal. What do I do next? And so the next thing was go out on my own and then open my own salon eventually. And when I opened my salon, I realized that there were no products available for my customers that had natural hair and wanted to wear their hair natural. And so that's what made me want to create a line of products that they could use that was just so just formulated for natural hair, for the tight curl pattern, for the loose curl pattern for that gave the hair a lot of moisture and conditioning. And that's pretty much where it started. That's the journey (laughs) from there. Also, my background is a licensed master cosmetologist. Another one of my goals was to teach other stylists and cosmetologists the benefits of natural hair. And so I started doing workshops and classes and trained them on the benefits of it. And this just became my quest to just tell everybody how great your own natural hair is growing out of your head. Hmm. I love that. And you started at a time and it wasn't popular at all, right? It was still amazing mm-hmm. back then, but it's just, like you said, there weren't the products, people wearing their hair like that very frequently. So what products were you using with your customers at that time? Or were you like trying to make your own? Were you mixing products? Like what did that experience look like prior to you creating yours? Yeah, I was mixing my own stuff. Just, you know, as a little girl, I learned when I was forced <laughs> to learn how to do my own hair. I learned that using lotions and even Vaseline, just anything with some slip or slide just made it easier to comb and manage my hair. And so I took that same knowledge into when I was doing my clients here. And also when I met with the chemist to tell him what I needed for my product line. But before then, I was still mixing my own stuff. And then I would use some of the Grease, because that's pretty much all they had on the shelf. Grease, you know. Yes, I remember that. You know, some creams and just try to make it something other than just being so greasy. I wasn't bottling it. I would just use it while I was doing my clients here. And and every time they would get their hair styled or get it, it's finished, the style is completed. They would ask, well, what do I put on it? Oh, well, I love my hair. What do I put on it? And I just had nothing. <laughs> nothing to give them. That motivated me to start my own product line. Interesting. That's so interesting to me. I remember, like, I mean, I said I had a relaxer. I didn't get a relaxer until like later in elementary would be the equivalent to elementary school. So I remember my daddy attempting to do my hair, putting on like Zambezi and African pride and like the big grease that sticks on top of your hair and don't really blend in at all. Mm-hmm. It was just so tough. So I can only imagine, I still don't know how to do my hair properly to this day. Like mm-hmm. I washed it and just it's so dry usually. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate when someone like just embraces and gets it right away and teaches others how to do it. I love that. And what year then did you create that product line? That was in 1996. Okay. Mm -hmm. Collection, 1996. And is that when it came onto shelves or 1996, like you started the process? No. Yes. And that's when I started. And my mindset was to sell it to my clients and to the salons because I was in the process of training a lot of stylists on the benefits of natural hair. And so I said, well, you know, if you're going to do natural hair, you may as well sell your clients these products. So that was my main goal. And that went well for about four minutes (laughs) because for some reason (laughs) we just as stylists do not 
retail products. It, it just wasn't a thing back then. Now more of them are doing it, but it wasn't a thing. And so what would happen is the clients would get the products and they wind up looking on the back of the jar and calling us <laughs> direct for more products because the stylists did not replenish their inventory. I had to convert my garage into a warehouse, pretty much a shipping warehouse, shipping products out. And I said, wow, this is getting to be a lot. I need to get these products to people a better way because I can't be in this garage shipping these products all day. And so that's when I started just putting myself around people that were in the business of distributing products and people that were successful, that had a product line. And I would just, you know, ask questions and just get knowledge, gain knowledge, read a lot, and just try to find out what I was at another one of those points where I reached my goal. How do I get to this next level? And that became my just every day I would wake up trying to figure out how can I get these products on the show. Mm-hmm. And that was my next question for you because you started there and now your products are in Target, Walmart, Sally Beauty, and all the places. So it's like what was that journey? Like, how did you go from selling in your garage, which is amazing, right? Turning it into Mm -hmm. a warehouse to being able to distribute to these much larger, big mass retailers. What's that like? It was a learning experience. You had a lot of good and bad experiences going through that because it was all about learning. And we're talking about two different classes of business. I was selling direct to consumer and now I wanted to sell to distributors, to a middle person that gets it in a large amount to stores to sell it to consumers. So it was a whole learning curve for me because my background was a hairstylist. And so I always did direct sales. So it's just a matter of putting yourself in the right place at the right time around the right people. And that's just with life. This is just not for hair care and getting into retail stores. Anything that you want to do, you have to put yourself in that space where it's being done. And a lot of times it's not comfortable because you don't know and you can't learn. You can't grow unless you get uncomfortable. So that's what I did. I got real uncomfortable. I put myself in rooms where you know, I found out where these people are. What do these people do that sell to distributors? And I would just go there and just listen and ask questions in the room because I didn't know anything, but I wanted to know. And I just became a sponge. And I learned and learned and put all that information together. I'm very vibey and spiritual. like So I feel that once you start moving towards your goal in a positive mindset, things are just going to start coming together. They always do for mm-hmm. me. So I'm sure mm-hmm. they do for everybody else too. And that's pretty much what happened. That's pretty much what happened. It still happens for me today now, because you know, even though I'm in those stores, I still need to stay on the shelf. I still need to get distribution, mm-hmm. more distribution. So it's a never ending process until you say, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. No, that's such a great point. And what you said just now reminded me a bit of the Alchemist book. And it's like, when you want something really badly, the entire universe conspires to make it happen kind of thing, right? Like just the spiritual piece of it. And I mean, I have my own business. So I sell menstrual cups and menstrual products and mm-hmm. we're in 700 stores. So I hear you and feel feel you, but you're like, listen, it's a learning process. And so many that you think you don't know until you know, and when you yeah. know them, you're like, okay, let me learn more about it. Mm-hmm. So I get it. It's a constant process and people think that shelves are the end result and it's 
like, no, getting on the shelves, while not easy, is still not the hardest part. It's selling through, right? Making sure you're continuously expanding and able to stay there. So I love that you mentioned it. And what about the hair show? Let's talk about this hair show. (laughs) When did that start? And like the whole idea behind it, because it is huge now. Yeah. So that started several years after I started the product line. I used to teach at another hair show and used to go to this other hair show. And I was just so inspired by it. And actually, it's a Bronner Brothers show. And I was so inspired coming from New York City and moving to Atlanta, Georgia, and just seeing that many Black people together doing business and making money. I was just, and I was so young and I was just so inspired. But I said, wow, one day I'm going to do something like this, but it's only going to be for natural hair. I don't want any relaxers, any chemicals or anything like that. And so that's pretty much how the show started. But again, it started at a time where only two people wanted natural hair (laughs) and the rest of the 90, 90, whatever, 98 people wanted relaxers. So it was just an uphill battle. You know, I remember starting the show in a ballroom, a small ballroom in the hotel, and we had very little vendors, hardly anybody came. And to now where we are, where we have over 300 vendors and 30,000 people over the two-day weekend. So it's been a journey too. And it's a part, and even that was, and still continues to be a part of the, oh, I reached my goal. What am I going to do great now thing? So yeah, but it's a two-day event. Actually, this thing is turned into a week event because we added the Women of Color in Business Summit That happens on that Thursday before the show. So that's April the 20th. And that is a summit that is dear to my heart (laughs) because I call myself a diamond in the rough because I was brought up in, you know, what do they call them? I don't know, but poor, right? The ghetto, the hood, right? And I just believe that there's so many other diamonds in the rough because of my exposure, what I was exposed to and the tools that I was able to gain and just my determination I know how it is when you want something and you don't have people around you that have the answers to your question. And you're sometimes the only person that really wants this thing, but you don't have the access. You don't have the exposure. So I feel this is very important for that to happen. And so this summit here offers information to business owners, entrepreneurs, people that want to be in business, people that are in business, want to grow their business, they want to scale. It gives you the tools and the information that you need to uh, scale. We'll have uh, Wells Fargo is sponsoring it. Charles Schwab is sponsoring it. The buyer from Walmart will be there. Walmart is sponsoring. It's, it's another sponsor. So I really try to put together some key people that we're going to be able to be in that room and help give some really good information to people that want to, like, again, scale their business, grow their business, you're interested in being in business. And we're going to have some CEOs of some founder companies and some larger companies, and they're sharing information about you know, just business. So that's on that Thursday. Then the Friday evening, we have the gala. It is an industry gala, the Award of Natural Excellence Gala. And this year, we're going to be awarding Michelle Rodriguez from Miel Organics, who just did this huge thing in the industry. So she's very proud of her. She's very proud of her. And we're going to give her an award. Um, She's been doing my show for since forever. (laughs) And so we're just so happy for her. And so that's on stuff Friday evening. It's very elegant gala, a lot of fun, you know, very classy, but it's just a fun event. And then Saturday and Sunday are the two days of the, the, the show. 
And so during the show, we have workshops, we have vendors, we have entertainment, we have the men's den, we have a fashion show, we have competition, oh, the competitions, so much fun. We have the um, natural hair competition, lock competition, the barber competition, and poetry is just a weekend. And I don't even call it a hair show anymore. It's a lifestyle event, you know, because mm-hmm. everything that you know, goes on in your life happens during that weekend. A lot of lives have been changed from going to the natural hair show. People, they start out with, oh, okay, I'm going to, I want to go natural with my hair. And then they start looking at, well, how am I eating? What am I putting on my skin? You know, what, how can I be more natural? How can I be healthier? That's what I'm most proud about the way that people, leave the show with something that's positive, positively affects your life. I love that. And I saw that you, Dr. Sabi's daughter is going to be there. So it's like, like you yeah. said, you're touching on so many different aspects of lifestyle. And I feel you when you said, you know, you left New York, you came to Atlanta and you're like, wow, like all these black people. I said the same thing. I'm from Bermuda. So mm-hmm. I'm from Bermuda. I'm living in Canada now. And I lost like 20 shades because I'm so much paler. <laughs> and I went to Atlanta. I went back to Atlanta in November for um, mm-hmm. Diddy had a, the Embracing Black Culture event. And mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, like it feels different walking through the airport. You're like, my people's here. It's, it's yeah. different, right? So it's it's, um, it's an experience that different environment creates that creativity or allows you to embrace that creativity and think about ways you can impact your community in a different way. You may not have been able to do as fast in New York because they were right. just there and ready for you. So I love that. And yeah, for this definitely. huge event then, like how many people tend to come each year? The two-day weekend, only about 30,000 people come through in and out of the event. Yeah, and I meant to mention- All too. casual too, 30,000 casually. <laughs> like, that's a lot of people. Bermuda has 60,000 people. That's half my country's population. Oh, wow. <laughs> and also at the event, I meant to um, mention, because you did mention Dr. Savi's daughter. So we're going to have her. We're going to have Dr. Holistic, who is really, really very popular and talking to you about health and wellness and how to eat healthier and tells you about this processed food and just a lot of information that you need to make the best decisions. You know, that's what I like to provide information for people to make the best decisions that they can in their life. We're also going to have um, 19 Keys. He's a very positive brother that speaks on just a lot of positive things about, you know, personal growth and business growth. We're going to have Rush and Hotep. He's a financial um, guru. We're going to have Stefan Speaks. These are very popular people on social media that just speak uplifting things into people's lives. So like I said, it's a lifestyle event um, as well as a hair show. And we just have a lot of great things going on during the weekend. Mm-hmm. It sounds so exciting. And it's so huge. You mentioned over 300 vendors, 30,000 people coming. Like, what does the team behind that look like? Because you're going now from managing a business to now running this event, which mm-hmm. is a business in and out of itself, but it's huge. Mm-hmm. So what does that team look like? Mm, you would not even imagine. <laughs> so we're not very large, but we're very determined really? and effective. We try to be. And right now we're looking like very tired (laughs) with bags under our eyes, (laughs) but, you know, we work together well and the goal is to execute and make sure that we have a great event and that the people that come through have a great time. And like I said, leave the event with something positive, something that affects their lives positively. How many people do you have working with you for it? 
It depends because, of course, we have our core team, which you know, have 15 employees. But during the show, we pull from other places and bring other people in. We have a volunteer coordinator. We have a staffing coordinator. We have a graphic designer. So it's just a team of people. I don't even know how many they are. Honestly, I don't. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we met with some people yesterday that we brought on to the team. They're in design. So it fluctuates, but our core team is 15 people and they're all hands on deck. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so we're behind the scenes while you guys are having a great time. We're behind the scenes, putting out fires all day, which we you'll never know. That's the goal for you to never know. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's what happens at events though, right? <laughs> like it's smooth. It's the, what they call it, the swan syndrome, where everything looks like calm and peaceful at the surface. And then under the water, the goose, mm. the swans, like just wagging its legs, like going crazy down there. So yeah, yeah. that is the, definitely the swan syndrome. I like oh, man, that. this the is swan syndrome. That is so Yeah, because it looks, everything on the surface <laughs> looks, looks so like beautiful. it's going well. And underneath the water, and it looks and like graceful. This. And underneath the water, it's paddling. Right crazy yeah yeah (laughs) and one thing I find interesting when I saw the event and when I learned about you I know a lot of people that would be in your position maybe nervous to create an event like this because then they're shining light on what could be deemed as competitors right Mm -hmm. and I thought that it was really cool that you were instead bringing everybody together for the industry Mm -hmm. as a whole so were you ever nervous about that or you know thinking about competition or anything like that no, no, never thought mm. of it like that. I actually I thought of it because it was such a niche industry. Well, it wasn't even an industry. So it was just not many people that had products for natural hair. And me being the first one with a complete line of natural products, just one person is not enough to move the dial to make these mm. stores move, you know, having one mm-hmm. collection on the shelf. No, it has to be mm-hmm. a section. Like they had a section of relaxes, a section of hair color. So my goal was to create this section that stayed strong and firm forever. Not just it's a fad. Oh, natural hair is hot right now. And it'll be going away. No, every year we show up and the brands show up. They show up with new, exciting products, new brands come along. So I want the retailers and people, consumers, customers to know the natural hair is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. It's just as fun as any other hair hairstyle that you can use. And these are all the fun, different, exciting things that you can do with your hair. So come to the Natural Hair Show every year and see what's new and see how we continue to elevate this space positively, as opposed to how it was thought about when I was coming up. You know, there was a time where I left my first salon that I worked at when I was really young and I was ready to go out on my own. And I couldn't find a salon to work in. Well, the salon where I was was strictly a braid salon. This lady, that's all she did was braiding. And so I went to get a, I said, I want to get a booth in the salon. And they would not let me in their salon because they thought natural hair was ghetto. And no, natural hair was unruly and just not kept. It was unkept. And that braiding was ghetto. And so I wound up in this little dingy, your salon <laughs> with this rude lady. It was just horrible. But, you know, my techniques were really good. So my clients follow me anywhere. But that's just to say that I never want people to think like that about this industry, about natural hair, because you can go to, as you see now, you would be in the White House and have braids and natural hair and still be just as elegant 
as someone that's, you know, wearing their hair straight. So that's the goal with this show is to just keep it elevated, keep, you know, the whole industry of natural hair elevated. So no, competition doesn't bother. We need the competition in order to keep this thing going. It has to be enough of us in order for it to feel important. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that's such a smart business move too. I was talking to my husband the other day about it. I'm like, if you see something on the shelf and it's similar to your brand, that's actually a good thing. Cause that means the buyer already sees the relevance for it, for their shelves, right? And you helping to grow it actually could be a benefit. So I do love that you say that. And as you were talking about them thinking, you know, braids and natural hair was ghetto, I just was getting heated over here because I'm like, (laughs) so just thinking of things from the past, I always think, man, I wish that my mouth today and the things I know today could go back then and just talk to that person. (laughs) So I want to talk to that lady. (laughs) Like, who said that? You know, I want to go back to them. It's so frustrating. And I remember I lived in Then I was an exchange student in Venezuela for a year. I mean, I went to the salon. My hair was relaxed at the time, but obviously a year in Venezuela, it was a whole mess Mm -hmm. at the roots and everything. And no one knew what a relaxer was, or they acted like they didn't know. And I went to the salon once just to try to get it washed and blow dried. And I felt like almost like a lion on exhibit. Like they all came and it was about (laughs) 10 hairdressers and they were poking around in my scalp. I'm like, what are you doing? It was terrible. So I get it. It's dry right now. It looks shiny, but I have low porosity here. So I'm still trying to figure it out. Thank (laughs) you. It's low porosity though. So it's like nothing absorbs in it. So I'm still trying to figure out what works. So I'm excited just to go to the show. Yes, I need to. Yes. And just learn how to do it properly. Because right now it's just like wash and leave it. (laughs) Right, right. And what would you say then is if someone asked you, like, why do you think that this natural hair, the world natural hair show is needed today? Like, why does the world need it today? Oh, because I just don't want it to fade away. I don't want the excitement about natural hair to fade away. And this is like the only really relevant show that celebrates natural hair and gives information to customers, professionals, retailers, just everybody about this industry, about natural hair. And so I just don't want people to forget about it. Every year, I need you to know that we're just as excited about natural hair now as we ever was. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's only growing like every year, it's more and more and more. Yes. Every year it's growing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're a big part of that. How does that feel? (laughs) I feel good because I remember seeing, and I always tell my friend this, I remember seeing five women together and not one of them were natural. And then I went to seeing five women together and one of them was natural, you know, now it's like five women together and they're all natural. <laughs> hmm So it's awesome. I just love that I was a part here to see the transition of it. So a lot of people that, you know, a lot of young people, they don't understand what happened and back then because they just grew up with natural hair, never had to relax it, never had that struggle, which is awesome because that's what Mm -hmm. part of my goal was to make sure that people understand. You don't have to, if wearing the relax is a choice, you don't have to wear one if you don't want to, but that's not what we were told back then. We Mm -hmm. were told that, look, you have to relax that hair. You cannot go outside. Yeah. Yeah, You cannot go outside with your hair looking like that. Everything was negative. Everything yeah, but to this day, to mm-hmm. this day, a lot of older generations still feel that way. Mm-hmm. To this they day, do. They I do. remember 
2017, not that long ago, I actually used to work at a bank before I started working by myself um, full time, but I was working at a bank and someone who was there, a senior manager who was also a politician who worked mm. part time at the bank. He looked at me and he said, it's summertime. I said, yeah, I know. And this is a black man. He said, it's um, it's summertime. He's like, your wedding's in October, right? You better stay out the sun. You're getting dark. I'm like, what? <laughs> so these conversations still happen. And it's like, oh, you better do something yeah. with your hair. Comb your hair. It's combed. It's just curly. You know, yeah. it's so frustrating. But I find that that is the older generation still get it. Like to this day, if I call like even my granny, right, in Bermuda, mm-hmm. If she sees me on FaceTime, she'd be like, girl, comb your hair. And I'm like, it's combed. <laughs> it's just all out. <laughs> you know, it's just that yeah. generation, I feel. It's so frustrating. Yeah, um, so I really is. do love what you're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And they just know what they know. So, you know, you don't have an mm-hmm. open mind to be willing to learn more stuff. And I think that's what keeps me relevant, too, because I'm you know, not a spring chicken. I'm a chicken. But, <laughs> and, but you're a spring you know, chicken. <laughs> What keeps me relevant is just my desire to continue to learn. Some people just stay stuck. They want to stay stuck in their mindsets. And I was never like that. And I encourage other people to not be like that. You know, just make sure that you're always learning. You're always, you know, get around younger people, see what they're talking about and what they're doing. Because the way we did things is not how they're doing them. So we have to Mm -hmm. understand that. And if we take a moment to remember the crazy stuff we used to do. And our parents looked at us like, we didn't do that back in our day. Okay, so now it's your turn. So you're going to say that? Are you going to learn from these young people because they're the next generation and they're going to take it to where it needs to be? So I'm just happy to see Mm -hmm. that. I remember one year I was in London at a show and I had met some young girls, maybe about 20 years old, 18, and one was 26, about four of them. And none of them had ever had a relax in their hair. And I just thought that was, I was like, wow, we are here. We are finally Mm -hmm. here where we have Mm -hmm. grown black women that have never had to relax in their hair. That was unheard of years ago. It was unheard of years ago because as soon as you got three or four, some some as young as three or four, but at least by seven, you had to relax in your hair. And if you didn't have a relaxer, you had that hot comb that scared you on Sundays. Yes. (laughs) I hated the smell of that thing. Yeah. So that was (laughs) no, I I love that. That. Yeah. To be able to see that. Really, really good. So, yeah, just keeping the young mindset and, you know, always open to learning new things. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And where can people learn more about you or find more about you or the show? Where would you send them if they want to grab tickets? So if you want to get tickets for the show, it's naturalhairshow.org. And if you want to follow me, which you should, <laughs> the brand is Talia Wajid Brand, Talia Wajid Brand. And then I am Talia Wajid on Instagram, both of those. Yeah. Awesome. And wait, so you are I am Talia or is it just the at Talia Wajid? No, at I am to live. Oh, I am. Okay. I thought That's you were saying personal. I am at this. Okay. Got you. Okay. That's my personal Perfect. Instagram. And I'll link it all below. Okay. Yeah. Great. That'd be awesome. I'll yeah. link it all in the show notes. Awesome. There's one question I love to ask at the end of every single Freedom Slay podcast. And mm-hmm. that is what does freedom mean to you? To be able to do what I want to do. That's what freedom means to me. <laughs> To do whatever it is that I want to do, to have the ability to do it, even if I don't want to do anything, I just the freedom to decide, you know, I want to do something or I don't want to do something. That's what freedom means to me. 
And you know, mm-hmm. from there, it goes to what is it that you want to do or not want to do. But yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for hopping on. Thank mm-hmm. you for your time. It was a pleasure chatting with you for sure. Oh, definitely. Likewise. Thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Hello. If you've made it this far, that means you enjoyed this episode. So make sure you take a screenshot and tag us over on Instagram. I'm Akinete, as you know, that's G-A-Y-N-E-T-E. And I'm going to link below in the description, or I should say in the show notes, for all the Instagram handles that Tilia had mentioned. So I'm going to run you through them too, just so you know. For this one, tag her at I am Talia Wajid. And that is I am, I A M. And Talia Wajid is spelled T A L I A H W A A J I D. And that's her personal Instagram. And of course, her business is Talia Wajid Brand. And that is T-A-L-I-A-H-W-A-A-J-I-D, brand, B-R-A-N-D. You can also find her hair show at Natural Hair Show on Instagram. And of course, if you want to learn more about the hair show or grab tickets, you go on naturalhairshow.org, so many other things. So I'll just put them all below in the show notes. And I really do hope you enjoyed this episode and we shall chat next time. Bye-bye. Okay, okay, I see you, Freedom Slayer. You stayed through to the end, which tells me that you likely enjoyed this episode. Listen, if you haven't already, do your sister a favor by heading on over to the iTunes store to leave a review for the podcast. It'll help others like you find a benefit from it. And look, it also helps with the rankings. Hashtag transparent AF. I appreciate you.